I just want to thank you all for being here today. And that video is speaking as to the reason why we are in this capital campaign called Making Room for More. And we're wanting to increase the size of our building. It's so that people will come to hear God's word. And you saw some shots of people preaching. And it's so that they can accept Christ as Lord and Savior, be baptized into him, and then be discipled for him as well. The biblical account of Moses is riveting because here is this man who was born into the Hebrew nation when they were actually in slavery in Egypt. He was miraculously saved at the age of three months, and then he ended up becoming the grandson of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So he's living in Pharaoh's palace up until the age of 40. And then he took an action which kind of led to him having to leave Egypt, and he fled to Midian, spent 40 years there. During that time, he married, had children, and he was working for his father-in-law. He was tending sheep, and he was at the base of Mount Horeb. And then he noticed this incredible thing. A bush was burning, and yet it wasn't being consumed. So he went over closer to try and figure out what's going on. And he noticed an angel of God. And then he realized this bush, no, no consumption. And then he heard the voice of God calling out to him, Moses, Moses. And he said, yes, I'm right here. He didn't know what was going on. And God said, don't come any closer. The ground that you're standing on is holy ground. I am the God of your fathers. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses, he just basically hid his face. He couldn't stand to look at God. He was afraid. And then God said, I've been looking at the affliction of my people in Egypt, and I realize their cries are not falling on deaf ears anymore. So I am going to bring my people out of Egypt. But then God said, I'm going to actually send you to Pharaoh to bring my people out. And then Moses goes, why me? Why do you think that I could ever go to Pharaoh and lead this big nation out of slavery here in Egypt? And God said, I'll be with you. And to prove it, I am telling you right now that you will bring that nation out here. You will lead them to this very mountain and they will worship me at this mountain. What if the people won't listen to me? Have you ever dealt with people that had one excuse after another? Well, this was Moses. What if they don't listen to me? Believe me, they'll listen to you, God said. I know that the king of Egypt won't allow these people to go with, unless he's forced to. So I'll intervene and I'll hit Egypt so it hurts. And my miracles will send them reeling. And they'll be begging you to leave and get as far away from here as possible. And Moses still balks at the idea. So now we pick up in Exodus chapter 4, verse 2. Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. And then God said, throw it on the ground. And he threw it on the ground, and it became a snake. It was miraculous. And God said, let that be one of the signs to prove that I am with you, and Pharaoh will come to believe you. So that simple staff 
ended up being used repeatedly by Moses in this new leadership role he had. He took that staff and he put it into the Nile River and the water turned to blood. He touched the dust of the ground with that staff and all of a sudden there, there were lice everywhere. He actually stretched that staff out over the Red Sea and the water parted so that that nation of Israel, which is one million plus in number, could cross on dry land. And he held that staff up all night long while they crossed. And when he dropped that staff, the waters came back together. He struck a rock with that staff and water came out. So he used that ordinary thing in Moses' hand, and God multiplied its influence. In a few minutes, you are going to be filling out a commitment card and placing it in this box here at the front of the platform. But before you come, I want to ask you the same question. What is that in your hand? And the surface answer is, I've got one of them here myself, it's a piece of paper. And maybe we're going to write some numbers on it. How much, uh, well, first of all, our information, name, address, and all of that. And then we're going to say what our total gift will be over the next three years, if God blesses. And then what I plan to give the first week, which is next week. And then am I going to give weekly, annually, bi-weekly, whatever we choose. So on the surface is, you know, it, 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 this isn't much, but... You will use this and it will become so much greater when it's in the hand of God. So this card is, first of all, a tangible expression of love. Now, if you love your mother, you ought to express that on a regular basis. But when Mother's Day comes along, you express it in some tangible way. And it's not socks and underwear and ties. Although I received a very nice tie from a family in the church. And I thought, this is a dress-up day. So my, my I love Jesus tie came out of the closet. But you want to give your mother something more than that. You pick some special thing to give to her. You express your love in a tangible way. And if you love the Lord, then you should express that regularly and in a tangible way as well. I saw a lot of your faces on that video. So I asked the question, has this been a place where you found salvation in Jesus Christ? Now's the time to express that love. Has the church been the place where you've been discipled? Has it been the place where you've been fed the word of God, where you've been inspired to serve, where you've grown in your walk with Christ, where you've gotten involved in a discipleship group? Well, now's the time to express that love. Has this church been a place where you found comfort, inspiration, and direction for your children and your family? Now's the time to express that love. After Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he was meeting with the family. And Mary was so overcome with gratitude for what Jesus did that she took a bottle of alabaster perfume, which was actually worth one year's wages back at that time. And she took the cover off that bottle and she dumped the entire contents onto Jesus' feet. 
And some of the disciples, mostly Judas Iscariot, criticized her. What's she doing? That could be used in so many ways. We could sell that money. We could give the money to the poor. That's a waste. But Jesus said, no, she did a good thing. She anointed my body ahead of time for the burial. She'll never have that opportunity again. That's the best investment she could ever make. So you may never have this chance again. Now is the time to express your love. This thing in your hand is also a tangible reminder of priorities. Jesus said, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but store up treasures in heaven where things are permanent. And we know that our priorities are uh, God first, family second, job third, and then recreation and all that other stuff comes in after that. But in our materialistic world, we get so caught up in this rat race for prestige and possessions, and and it kind of gets life out of order. But look what Jesus said in John chapter 6. Don't work for the food that spoils. Work for the food that stays good always and gives eternal life. The Son of Man will give you this food because on him God the Father has put his power So by giving sacrificially, we're reminding ourselves that our hope isn't in this world, but it's not in the economy of our world, which has been pounded in a a great way by COVID-19. Even though the future is uncertain, this is our reminder that this world is not my home. So your commitment card is a demonstration that there's something more important to you than exotic vacations or designer clothes or anything like that, any impressive things that can be purchased with money. Your hope is in the eternal God, not the temporary things of this world. My wife Pat and I started to receive our Canada pension back when I was 60 and she was 62. She is an older woman. And I never thought, my brother didn't mention it to me when she was 60. We lost out on a little bit there. But we are setting the money aside in a tax-free savings account. And then when I turn 65, I'll use that money for us to be able to live on. And we uh, were planning to give $2,000 on First Offering Sunday, and then we were going to give bi-weekly and also an annual amount at income tax time during the remaining three years of the campaign. And I had that $2,000 in our checking account. And then I went there and looked one day, $100. So immediately you think, my wife's been spending money. But it wasn't her, it was me. But the 27th of the month, is that special, a special day to any of you? Don't have many seniors here. That's the day when the checks arrive, when your, your CPP goes into your bank account. Or if you are over 65, your old age security goes into your bank account. And at the first of that month, I was paying some bills online, so I 
thought ahead. Okay, CPP money's coming and Pat's old age pension's coming. So I paid a bunch of bills and moved that money over into the tax-free savings account. So on the 27th, it was like this money miraculously appeared. And there was also some other money I wasn't uh, expecting. And there was our $2,000, my wife said. We have our money for that first offering. What is that in your hand? It may be an admission ticket to eternity for someone else. When you entered the building this morning, you were given one of these commitment cards. But at the time that we ask you to bring these commitment cards to the front, we're also going to ask you to go to one of these two stations. There's one here and then one by the entrance that you came in through. And what we have are my why cards, because that's what this is all about. It's the people that don't yet know Jesus Christ. And we want you to take one of the markers and just write the first name of the person on that card, pop it in that's a farmer's thing. This is good. That's a farmer's bucket. And then uh, we, by next week, we'll have those all displayed in one location here in the building. But even if you don't know the person's name, just put down the new annoying neighbor next door. And, and just so that we can all be praying for those individuals. About three quarters of us are here today because 12 years ago, someone made a financial sacrifice to make room for more, which is what we did in that last campaign. And we'll never know until eternity how many lives will be won to Christ, how many Christians will be discipled because of what we do here today. My grandson, Seth, was baptized back on May 14th of this year. His dad, James, baptized him. And there are few greater thrills for us than to see that baton of faith being passed from generation to generation. And Seth was born on September 21st, 2011, and that was right in the middle of our three-month construction project to remodel this building. And we started dreaming about it a year ahead of time and raising the money at the start of that year. And I prayed that my grandchildren would come to know Christ in this building. And I didn't, know, I didn't know that at the time my daughter was pregnant with Seth. And so it's incredible to see how things like that happen. And then he ends up making the decision to become a Christian as we're ramping up for this campaign. So you, your gift makes room for people who don't, you might not even know. And maybe it will be for your own descendants or your own family members, and they will come to know the Lord and the wonders of his grace. The final time I'll ask you this, what is that in your hand? It's evidence of your participation on this team. I read back in the annals of... Uh, a football game that took place on October 29th, 1927. And it was a college called Center College. It was in Danville, Kentucky. And they beat Harvard University in a football game by a 6 nothing score. And that is still considered to be the greatest upset in college football history. Harvard was huge, and this little center college had 300 students. 
Harvard hadn't lost the game in five years, yet this school won that game. And after the game, the coach was interviewed and asked, how did this happen? And this is what he excitedly said. He said, we had 11 players in on every play. And that's what happens when people sacrifice their egos and get caught up in a cause greater than themselves. It's marvelous what can be accomplished. And the same is true in the church. It's thrilling when Christians forget about themselves and they join hands with others to advance disciple-making. Because Jesus prayed in John 17, Father, I pray that they can be one as you are in me and I am in you. I pray that they can also be one in us. Then the word, world will believe that you sent me. So if we're going to reach our goal of $2 million plus, it's going to take everyone doing what they can. It's going to take widespread team participation. We've talked about how this is a God-sized vision, and maybe you're wondering, you know, if we can even get started toward this project. See, I'm excited to share with you that 24 households have already pre-committed $351,000 over the course of the three years of that campaign. And then this is half full from the first service this morning, and we still have you guys to come. And so... We're on our way. We can do this with your help. And remember, we all can't give the same amount. We're all in different situations financially, but we can all equally give. And the more people that are involved, the more successful this campaign will be. And every time we've been together, I've been talking about the fact that we need to give sacrificially above and beyond our regular tithes and offerings to the church. We can't mess with the existing ministries we have. And then I'm saying, I, I, I'm challenging you to give a gift that is more generous than anything you have ever given to something like this. And we'll do it. We can do it if we work together and then we just leave the rest up to God. A little boy that was missing an arm visited a Sunday school class for the first time. And the teacher was really concerned that the students in the class wouldn't make fun of the boy and make him feel awkward because of his disability. And then she was so proud of her little first graders because they were just, they were including him in everything. They didn't make him feel awkward at all. They loved him. But then the teacher kind of forgot herself. And it was at the end of the class, and this will date when this uh, happened, but she said, now students, remember what I taught you. Here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door and see all the people. And then she realized, oh no. But before she could do anything to cover her tracks, a little girl that was sitting beside that little boy, she reached out her hand and she said, here, Davy, we can make a church together. That's what we're doing, folks. We're all disabled spiritually. We're all inadequate to work for God. We can't build this church on our own, but we can offer what we have and we can join our hands together. We can build that church and do this all together. Let's pray. Father, 
We thank you for this moment that will never occur again. And I sense that you are about to do something special again among us, your people. We pray for an outpouring of love, compassion, and teamwork. May your will be done. May you take what we have in our hands and use it to do extraordinary things. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So if you've not yet received one of these, if you missed one on the way out, just raise your hand. The greeters have a stack of those at the back. You can have four or five if you need to. But the team are going to lead us in two songs. And during that time, I just want you to sit and write the commitment, pray about and write down the commitment that you're going to make. If you're a guest with us today and you're wondering where's this coming from, you don't have to participate. Just pray that this will be successful. Maybe you're wondering what is this and you want to talk to me about it. Please make an appointment to do that. But just take some time, fill that out, then come and place it here in the box at the front. And then please, everybody, you can go to one of these two stations and fill out my why. Put the name of the person you want to see come to know Jesus on that and then deposit it in one of the buckets.